1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
2: Kia everybody. Welcome along to the Shortball Rugby Pass Podcast: Scotty Stevenson and Mills Muliyayina in the hot seat today what you're in a t-shirt and shorts you know it is it's hot mate it's not hot i'm in a what could best be described as a flasher jacket and a woolen beanie and jeans and socks and shoes well i
3: feel hot i actually been babysitting so that's probably why running around babysitting
2: what well baby you're not babysitting you're the father of this child there's a difference oh. you're parenting <laughs> yeah. it's not babysitting <laughs> Yeah, true that. True. <laughs> I take that back. You can't say I, that. I take that back. That is—that's a wife killer. That when you say things like that, it's a—it's a partner oh, killer. She's going to hear this too. I it. know. She's going. Oh, I'm babysitting. Oh. You're not babysitting. You made that baby. Yeah, That's true, yours. You've true. got to father the child. True that. you father. And, and
3: I thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you?
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> probably why I'm hot. You know. <laughs> you did not. I'm surprised
3: I haven't got spew or anything on me. Reflux. Yeah. No. You or the baby. baby. <laughs> i've seen you with reflux it's not a good
2: sign <laughs> hey happy birthday anyway that was yesterday mate but thanks all the same yeah. i noticed a year and a day old yeah yeah that's right old year and a day older mm. i know i feel <laughs> i feel about 10 the, days what'd older. you get for my birthday yeah i got nothing
3: well do you get to a certain age now how does it happen like no, you just I'm, get to a certain age and then the prisons stop
2: look to be honest with you, there's nothing i need so I just say to, to people, my loved ones, my children, my partner, I say, I don't need a present. Don't give me anything. Oh,
3: hell of a man. Aren't you?
2: Sir? What? No, it's just because I don't need more stuff. Yeah. I'm hearing you. Like, if you, if you want to give me a birthday present, allow me to go have beers with my mate. Yeah. For three hours when yeah. you haven't yeah. booked a PTA meeting and then I have to go home and get shot in the nuts with Nerf guns. <laughs> I did too. My kids, are, my kids. you got you know, you've got a boy. Kids always try and shoot you in the nuts. My kids got those mega nerf guns, those mega bullets. If you point blank and that cops you right on the oh. edge of a testicle, that's, um, that's punishment anyway. We need to get to talk about a bit of rugby. We've got producer Alice with us as well. Hi, producer Alice.
1: Hi. Hi, Scotty and Mills.
2: Hey. Hey, uh, producer Alice. Um, Sonny Bill comes back this week. Are you excited?
1: Nah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not not excited.
2: So you're not not excited, but you're not excited either. So you're ambivalent. Yeah. I can't believe you're in Bilbao. It's Sonny Bill Williams. Aren't we all supposed to shout from the rooftops? All hail the great man. He returns. The hero is back.
3: I'm looking forward to him being back. I'm Alice probably be. doesn't because she's a Highlanders fan. No, that's true. So they didn't play too well on the
2: weekend. Are you, are you not a fan of Sonny Bill, producer Alice?
1: Again, not not a fan. Just not. I don't know. There was, there was you're not buying a lot of hype. hype. There's, a ho- there's a lot of hype. <laughs>
2: We're going to come back to producer Alice uh, with more searching (laughs) questions through this. This has disturbed me, Alice. I thought, you know, you're right in the wheelhouse. You're in the generational wheelhouse that loves Sunny Bill. You know, the generation above ours can't stand him. Our generation are the ambivalent ones. You guys are supposed to be all in on this guy.
1: Maybe I've just, yeah, creeped into your generation on this one. I've crept into She's
0: crept, Dad.
2: I was talking to producer Alice before. I only realised that her best friend, I literally, I knew when her best friend was a baby. We've just put two and two together. This is a New Zealand scenario here because uh, everyone is only separated by two degrees in New Zealand, right? <laughs> so Alice's best friend, I sort of last saw when the child was born. <laughs> and that's 20 years ago. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I can't, I'm so old right now. Speaking of old, Highlanders looked old against the sharks. Yeah. Didn't they? They looked old, man, Highlanders. Yeah, they. I mean, it's it's
3: weird. It's all. I mean, I've sort of was thinking about it on the way here. Just like, how does it? How does that happen? We know, when you're over there, and we'll, I've I've been on the back end of a few of those over in South Africa. It's it's just kind of it just they just did not seem like the the Highlanders that we've seen in the last sort of three or four weeks, did they? I mean, I mean the Sharks did play some really good running rugby, and we thought that you know uh, both teams would actually sort of it was a game of, well, a kicking chicken as you you yeah, to sort of have explained I, it last I week. there'd be certainly. a lot more of that, yeah. But they were just in all sorts. The,
2: uh, you know, Jeff Wilson was saying that he he thinks that factor of coming down from altitude to sea level can actually take quite a lot out of you. I, I hadn't really considered that. But mm. having lived in South Africa, I know that it's certainly when you go up to altitude, it can knock you around. But have you ever felt that coming the other way? If you if you play in Joburg or Loftus, and then. Head down to Durban or Cape Town is that is that, that a factor? That is a ne- that's probably a good point. I've never actually thought about it that way, but I have sort of felt
3: you know a few times when we've been over there that you've been really lethargic. You know, you've gone sort of to, to sea level, um, and it, you just you know one of those sort of hot sunny days that you don't actually feel like playing, and you just kind of like just want to lie down and get slaughtered, and that's kind of what
2: happened. Really, we did a lot of surfing in a wave pool.
3: Did oh, you see that?
2: Is it oh okay on no, your no. Sosh Med? there There's a lot of wave there was wave there was a wave pool. Is it still there? The one in the mall? I guess it is. No. They're right into it. Wow. Too much surfing? Possibly. It was always gonna happen. The Highlanders were always gonna reach a point where they hit the wall. Yeah. Well they've they've, they've tackled
3: a lot. And Damn straight they had. Throughout the whole season. And it was just a matter of time as to when they're actually going to sort of start feeling some of that fatigue. Because they hit some hard, you know, they hit pretty hard. And so, you know, perhaps, you know, this is the game before they, what, what have they got the Stormers, Stormers next? got
2: the uh, got the Lions, Lions at Forsyth Bar. We'll talk about that game coming up as well. But, you know, that's going to be no easy feat because they're going to have big ball runners at them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though their home park's a bit of a fortress and uh, you wouldn't bet against them at Forsyth Bar. But... Yeah, I, I was going through their numbers you know rugby union the Bulls in play around about 36 minutes per game I know which seems not yeah. a lot in an 80 minute game yep. but that's sort of time in possession and opposition teams against the Highlanders are in position for 19 and a half minutes per game whereas the Highlanders are in position 13 minutes a game you're giving away a lot of time yeah. where you're on the back foot there or where you're defending I'm not saying it's a game plan that doesn't work because it does work for them mm. but you know, almost 20 minutes aside in possession against you, that that is a lot of ball that other sides have to play with. Now, they rely on those teams making mistakes, but when those teams don't make mistakes, that's when surely the bet does not pay
3: off. Yeah, and I think now we're at the time of the season where, you know, other teams are starting to cotton on onto it. So they're going to, you know, give the ball away, make sure you hold on to possession and don't give it back to them because that's when they pounce on it. And so there's a little bit of that. Uh, a little bit of, well, I suppose, analysing, but you're right. I think, you know, because I've sort of defended a heck of a lot over the season, they now need to sort of try and balance, balance that up a bit. And it, it would be amazing what a, like five or so minutes can actually make to, mm. an, to an attacking. And then yeah. that's points. Uh, if you're getting points and things like that, well, it just it, you just grow in confidence. And so perhaps now they've actually looked at it um, and, and, and think they're need to balance your game up a little bit.
2: Look, Millsy, before we get ahead to the week coming up, the weekend ahead, uh, let's have a look back at some of the other results from the weekend. The Crusaders, far too good for the Rebels. Um, I I felt for the Rebels, actually, because that was just an onslaught in the second Mm. half and they had nothing left to give. And Will Guinea going off certainly didn't help their cause. Uh, But let's turn our attention to the big news on this side of the uh, Tasman, at least, was the Blues uh, beating the Waratahs. How? I've got no idea. But, gee, they hung on. That was so brave. Yeah, it was. I don't know uh, if you watched the game. I was sitting in the uh, bar of the Ridges Hotel in Wellington. So I am deep in Hurricanes territory here. And the game started, you know, 20 to 10 New Zealand time. And a lot of people were in the bar watching on the big screen. They were cheering for the blues, man. Were, were they? I've never seen anything like it. Now, I know it's 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 the sympathy shag approach. Yep. You know, they feel sorry for them. They're going to cheer them all the way and double down on that with the whole New Zealanders want to see Australian teams get beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never seen anything like it. They were cheering for them. They were living every moment. It was an intense game. I seriously, at one point, thought about going and sniffing blue <laughs> <laughs> just to get through it. Well, <laughs> they started well. I mean, they they start with that early
3: try, but I think it was they were courageous at the end because, you know, they were only up by three and they needed to, to uh, defend for what, four or so, or so minutes. It felt like an age. Yeah, and, and they did that and so, and perhaps people felt that, um, you know, you don't, you know, the record doesn't, it was not really a record, is it? They didn't really want another news, It's a streak. A, a, yeah, it's a streak. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's, that's bordering on a record. Exactly, and, if there was going to be any team, um, given the way they've sort of uh, gone in the last few weeks, that was going to lose against an Australian team, it would be the Blues. But credit to them, they did. They held on. And uh, as I said, they were very courageous in the end. They were.
2: They were courageous in the end. And uh, finally, we've got to talk about Ben Lamb. I, okay, I get it. I know, and I wrote about it this week on Rugby Pass. I get that you've got in hollow, and I get you've got Rico Iwani, and I get Nehemil Scudder's coming back from injury, and I get the fact that Geordie Barrett's going to be in the mix and Ben Smith's going to be in the mix, and I know that Damien McKenzie's probably going to be in the mix on the bench because he covers 10 and 15. I get all of that. Mm. But he's a 27-year-old winger from the Hurricanes who is on a try-scoring tear like never before in the competition, and he's scoring tries that many other wingers could not score. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of guys in front of him and I know it's hard to leapfrog an incumbent all-black. But please do not tell me, and I don't know where these things start, I don't know how they start, but they certainly get picked up on, they certainly get reported. Do not tell me about his defensive deficiencies and his uncertainty under high balls. The guy's a freak. Oh,
3: he's having a sensational year. Absolutely sensational. And, like, I think the try that he scored when he, when the ball went backwards and he had two guys on him right. and he sort of just brushed them off as if they were just little kids. I mean, that sort of epitomizes how he's been playing this year. And so it's disappointing when, when of, you know, people are, are looking at his, well, the, the, the reasons as to why he's not being put in that squad. You know, he's a little bit unlucky because he's so many good wingers at the moment and then so many other guys that are covering different positions, but don't knock him for uh, the deficiencies he has in his game because he certainly doesn't. He's a sco- try scoring machine. I haven't seen them.
2: I don't I don't know what deficiencies these people speak of. They say he's not he's not that great on defense. He's got a better tackling rate than pretty much any other winger ahead of him in the pecking
3: order. Yeah, but the te- the tackling rate is 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 good. Obviously, you'd like to see him a little bit more under a bit more pressure and how he connects with his centres and things sure. like that. And that's probably the only, the only thing, only because we haven't seen enough. But in terms of his, uh,
2: his tackle rate, it's <laughs> sensational. Okay, well, here's another question for you, right? If, if the reason, and I'm not saying that these words have come out of Steve Hanson's mouth or Ian Foster's mouth or Grant Fox's mouth, whatever, but if the reason that he doesn't make the team is because he has some perceived deficiencies, aren't these the best coaches in the game? Aren't these the people who can knock the bad habits? I read a column from Gregor Paul last week saying the All Blacks can't wait to get the bad habits out of a kid game. Aren't these the coaches who make players better? So aren't they the coaches who could make Ben Lamb even better than he is now, uh, given the history of the All Blacks and, and what these coaching staff believe they can do with any player in their group? Oh, they can. They. I mean, you're absolutely right. They they, they can. And there's, there's I mean
3: at the moment I can go back to my point there are so many good yep. wingers out there and that's the, that's the biggest issue and you know there's, there's there's people saying you know put him out there against the French don't put him out there against the French I think at the end of the day you know his, the, the biggest issue at the moment is there's so much competition in yep. that position and do you put him out there and say well we're going to make you better well I mean that's that's sort of I mean, that's probably disrespectful to the guys that are that, um, the incumbents and, as and well. And by
2: the way, let's be clear, I'm not calling for anyone to be dropped because all of those players have done a good job. The only thing that strikes me as unfair on Ben Lamb is this, the chatter around why he won't be in the All Blacks. I think he won't be in the All Blacks because there's just a hell of a lot of good players in front mm. of him right now. But I just think to, to then sort of assassinate his ability... By way of justification, I think is wrong. Yeah, I think that's the wrong bit. I'm not saying put him in the All blokes immediately. I'm just saying don't denigrate the guy's game. Yeah, he's absolutely in any other time in any other scenario. He's in that team. Yeah,
3: yeah. I don't understand why we do that. Is you know, I mean, you've got a guy here who is just carving things to shreds. Yeah, he's great to watch. Why not celebrate that instead of sort of looking? Oh, oh, here's no. That's why he's not doing. He's not in there. (laughs) Oh dear, that's why he's not in there. Matt, he is. He's just a. He's just in an awkward situation at the moment. There's just so many good wingers there, and who do you pick from?
2: It's a good point you make. Hey Mills, you know what I love doing most on this podcast? What's that? It's calling Jay Staunton. I'm going to call him right now. Hopefully he answers the phone because uh, here's a guy who knows his Aussie rugby. We need, <laughs> we need to discuss things.
0: Hello, Scott.
2: Hello, Jay Boy. How are you?
0: Same shit, different smell. How about you?
2: Yeah, pretty much the same, mate. So you're live on the, the short ball today with uh, Milsey and I, Jay Boar, host of Pillar to Post. And uh, Jay Boar, I believe you popped uh, you popped your commentary cherry on the weekend. Uh, play-by-play caller in the Queensland Cup, was it?
0: Yeah, it was actually good. I actually nailed it. I didn't swear once. <laughs> so I've got
2: to be happy about that. Yeah, it's actually a miracle for you. Let's um, get on with the real <laughs> talk. Yeah. Uh, How did the Waratahs not get uh, that first win over New Zealand's sides in 700 years on the weekend?
0: I've got absolutely no idea. It was a pretty insipid performance. I mean, the Blues didn't play that well at all. And that's the perplexing thing is that, you know, we consistently see Australian teams, not just the Tars, show that on their day they've got the cattle to get the job done. But there seems to be this almost undercurrent of... Poor decision making, you know, lack of discipline, things like that throughout not just you know, in New South Wales rugby, but all Aussie teams. And it shows when you've got low hanging fruit like the blues ready to be picked off and they can't get the job done.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a strange old night. Um, I guess made even stranger by the fact that here's one of your linchpins, Kurtley Beale, going for the hero play to Israel Falal late in the game when it just it just didn't need to happen. I mean that's that's a crazy call from Curtly Beal at a crucial stage.
0: Out of all the plays you could have possibly done at that stage, that is by far the most low percentage. Apparently he said that he saw Yuto Piper telling the blues players to get back on side and had his arm out and you know misinterpreted that as advantage, but you know you got to be more game aware to be able to ice teams than, you know, doing that. So who knows, it's one of those things. It's it's just it's hard to just Put your
2: finger on any one issue, it seems at the moment. Mm. Hey, just um, on the Waratahs, um, Izzy Folau, obviously they like playing him a bit on the wing, um, but his, his partner, uh, his wife uh, Maria tire she, she doesn't like that. So she's now she's now tweeting at the Waratahs about where they should be playing uh, Israel. I, I know you're still a single man and I find that hard to believe, but um, <laughs> how, how would you feel if your MIDI, um came in on social media and started telling your coaches um, where to pick you on a footy team?
0: I don't know. It'd actually be pretty good to have someone backing me up for one. I know my parents never do. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it'd be a bit strange. Do you really think that's something that, you know, your partner or something should be getting involved in? You know, like, I mean, all credit to her. She's more than welcome to say what she wants to say. But at the end of the day, it's Daryl Gibson's decision to put him on the thing. And if he wants to put him there, then so be it. But It's not his best position. But, you know, if that's the way the cars want to play it, then so be it, you know.
3: Jay boy you've well, a year in now from what happened last year—a disastrous sort of, I suppose, Australian conference. Where, where's everything at the moment? You've called your first sort of game in the weekend. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about all the franchises coming together and and being on the same page. And then, you know, in the weekend, you still have guys making bad decisions. And I think, you know, of, of all of this, you know, perhaps the Rebels and the and, and the Reds have sort of come out sort of on top as a, the the two sort of. I suppose, dominant teams in the Australian Conference. Would that be the way you see it?
0: It's hard to say because every team seems to just play a different, brand of footy week in week out we saw a couple of weeks ago the Reds absolutely took it to the Lions in that first half and showed the type of footy that Brad Thorne is obviously trying to get out there and it shows that again the cattle is there to be able to play this type of footy but it just seems it's a bit of a work in progress so I think that's what it is there is this overlying uh, oh, sorry, overlapping idea that you know teams want to start playing a bit more expansive and stuff like that I think it's just right now the, the game as a whole seems to play this negative brand of footy and trying to you know eradicate that and change it up to this up-tempo style mm. seems to only be something that comes out for 30 or 40 minutes in a game of footy instead of 60, 70, 80 that's needed, you know? So I, I think it's, it's, it's clearly something that's changing, but I think there's still a bit of a ways off, obviously, evidenced by the fact that 38 games on the trot, we haven't been able to get one up over the Kiwi team, so... Yeah. But that, that's
2: a real ball like for Australians, isn't it? I mean, I know there's been um, some columns written over there um, accusing New Zealand's rugby media of being smug uh, about this winning record. Um, I don't know if it's smugness, mate. I mean, it's, it's actually bewilderment. I don't think many people here can actually truly comprehend going 38 straight games uh, against Australian teams. I mean, I don't think it's good for New Zealand rugby. It's no good for super rugby. It can't be great for you blokes. But, I mean, is this the most dire ball ache in your game right now, this Kiwi hoodoo?
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, mean, to say that it's smugness on the Kiwi media's behalf is a bit... Short-sighted when it's literally just stating the cold hard facts. I mean, you said it yourself. We've got media pundits over here nitpicking and bringing it up every frigging day, you know. So, what's the difference between them doing so and the New Zealand media doing so? I mean, it's that's exactly what it is, right? It's it's at the cold hard light of day. That's the bare bones truth that we haven't been able to defeat a Kiwi side in 38 matches. And that's not good enough. And as you said, it's not good for the game if all these reports of the South African teams pulling out after the TV. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. you know, what's to say the Kiwis want to be playing just against Australian sides and kicking the living piss out of them week in, week out. So <laughs> it's something that needs to be rectified. And I think the Blues are probably the best shot of any team doing it. So hopefully we can get one up over them.
2: Yeah, I hope so too, mate. So apart from that, mate, club footy going good?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely thriving. That's the strange thing, you know, you will go down to your local footy game and... It's absolutely pumping, actually. The game I called on the weekend was South earth Bon Uni, one verse, I think, last. Quay Cooper wasn't playing, Richard King, he wasn't playing, and there was still, you know, a couple thousand maybe down there all supporting it. So, I mean, it's still absolutely humming. It just seems that disconnect between professional amateur seems to be lacking a bit. But, yeah, you can't, you can't deny the absolute love and tribalism of, uh, of a club game.
2: Perfect, mate. Always good to talk to you, Jay ball We'll chat soon uh, again, mate. And uh, good luck uh, calling your footy this weekend as well, buddy.
0: Cheers, brother. Later, Samo. Later, Mildy. See ya, mate.
2: See ya, buddy. Jay ball Staunton out of uh, Australia, host of the Pillar of the Post podcast. I, you know, that's there has been the talking point this week about whether South Africa will look to go, whether they will stay... We've spoken about it before. We need South Africa here. Oh, yeah. The Southern Hemisphere needs to be absolutely 100% bonded together. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing Twiggy Forest's Rebel League starting up with the Western Force trying to gain some traction in the Pacific Islands. I swear we're going to miss a trick there unless we bring them into the fold here in Super Rugby. When I say we, you know, the official Sansar tournament. Yeah. A lot of talk about going into America, Milsey. You've had an experience with pro rugby, which um, was a flop, but Major League Rugby now looks like it yeah. may be getting some traction. Mm. You know, look, it's all very well to start looking at expansion, but you've, you have to have unification down here. Yeah. It is the only way. And I, and I fear that South Africa will do its own thing uh, at some stage. And if not, all of the franchises or clubs, some of them will want to split away. They will see the pounds. They will see the time zone. They will see the sponsorship opportunities. Mm. And, and they will take that opportunity if it's presented to them. I don't think we can stop that in the current format. We need to look at more exciting ways to say what is going to work best for Southern Hemisphere rugby.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly, Sumo. And they've been harping on it for a few years. Um, you know, you're right. The time zones fit them. Um, I suppose the TV rights and, and what they can get out of it is you know, a lot more than what they've been getting over the years and so I think one day they will branch off. They're obviously not going to get the same quality and, you, and you're seeing it in um, you know the pro 14 now you know the teams that they've gone over the, the cheaters and the, um, and the and kings and the kings you know they've performed you know, you know poorly and so they won't get the same, but you're right we've actually got to start looking now at where to actually grow the game possibly Argentina with the way the Jaguares are, are, are going at the moment. And, that, and that's massive. And so um, America, and in, in like you say, I think that league that's going now, is it's, it's, there's actually some, you know, some good substance there. And, and Crusaders have gotten on board as well. So we need to start looking because we need to be really strong down here. Otherwise, we're just going to get a, a, a two-nation sort of league, you know, us and Australia. And, and you 100%. know, that, that can't be very strong.
2: Okay. So... And, and I know it's not going to be a popular view with New Zealand rugby, but is Super Rugby at a point where we just have to say Sansa is not an organisation with the best interests of Super Rugby in mind. It is an organisation that fronts for the best interests of its member unions. <laughs> and <laughs> the best interests of its member unions are the Wallabies, the Springboks and the All Blacks. Mm. Uh, and yes, I know Argentina's a part of it, but uh, the Juarez is basically the Pumas, so uh, that, that they get around it that way. Do we see a point where we say, you know what, play Super Rugby, play for any team in Super Rugby and still be eligible for your national side? Do we get to that point where we say, let's open this labour market up because we keep hearing that the challenges are there and they're not going away mm-hmm. from a monetary point of view? What if the Lions were to say to a Waisakana Hollow, we'll pay you two million New Zealand dollars a year to play for the Lions? What if what someone was to say... To Malcolm Marks, here we'll pay you two million New Zealand dollars to play for the Highlanders or for the Crusaders. What if that were to happen? Would that make the competition better? Oh, forget everything that's gone before. Forget the protection racket around, you know, protecting your All Blacks and and the New Zealand way. Just is it a possibility?
3: Uh, I suppose there's two points here. Okay, from where we're sitting in New Zealand our game is, is, is sort of never, you know, there, there's been a couple of times where we perhaps haven't performed, but in terms of where we are as a, as a country and where we, our rugby is, we, we're, we're absolutely at the top of our game. And yep. so when you look at the partners, mm-hmm. they're the ones that have been struggling. You know, you know South Africa have, have struggled. Um, you know, obviously they're, they're being enticed to go to Europe. Our, our Australian, our neighbours are probably struggling the most. And so, from a selfish point of view in terms of our brand and in and, and the way we're playing, I wouldn't like it to, to be sort of opened up. But unfortunately, you know, to, to
2: save it, that might be that might have to be the way. Um, but you put the Wallabies together, right? And they're a chance against the All Blacks. They have had their wins. Hmm. While their super rugby yep. teams haven't, they certainly have had their wins, the Wallabies. You put the same with the Springboks. They've had their, They've moments, had their moments against yeah. the All Blacks. I know the All Blacks have been that dominant side and it will only be a matter of time before Argentina has its moment in the sun as well, just as the Hawaiis have on this tour. But what I'm saying to you is that that's about the All Blacks, the Wallabies, the Springboks and the Pumas. It's got nothing to do with super rugby. If you want people involved in rugby, they want teams that are winning. And if you want teams that are winning, Australia cannot supply at the moment the depth of talent required to have winning rugby teams. South Africa has been absolutely eviscerated by the European yeah, market, yeah. and they're struggling too. Yeah. And New Zealand sits pretty at the moment, but what happens if it runs out of people to play with? Mm. It's all very well have the best sandpit, but it's pretty boring after a while digging your own hole. No, it is. <laughs> the problem we will end up having, and I can atch- if that,
3: if that does if it gets to that stage. I think New Zealand would hinder New Zealand rugby big time because yeah. the teams that you why we're so strong is there's a lot of IP that comes together in those five teams and when they come into the All Blacks, um, you know, they're sharing. You know, they're sharing different defensive systems that they've tried in their franchises and things like that. Now, if you're mixing everything up now, all of a sudden, you know, yes, it'll make the South Africans and the Australians better. And it would possibly make the competition better. But then people are gonna have to accept the fact that Australia and South Africa and every other nation are now going to start beating New Zealand more often than what they are at the moment. Are you happy with that? I wouldn't be.
2: So, okay, and therein lies the rub, right? Yeah. The international game still takes precedence over your 18-week competition. Full stop. Yeah. That's just the way it is, and we have to all accept that.
3: Well, no. I mean, you have to have a competition. But what I'm saying is...
2: I wouldn't like it to go that way. So they've got to find a different way. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, know, Unfortunately, I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah. I'm, just, I'm having this argument. It's, it's, it's just hypothetical. I'm, I'm trying to think of ways here where you can say to Southampton, I mean, don't go to Europe. Don't You don't have to leave. Yeah. We can find the money here in a different style of competition where you spread the talent across the four or five countries involved and the teams all, hopefully... Uh, get better and more
3: competitive because of it, and that'd be the way to fix it. That'd be the way to fix your 18-week competition. All I'm saying is, when it's going to come to the international stuff, every four years, yeah, it's, no one wants it. You're going right? to have to. You're going to have to expect. <laughs> no. Wow, gee, we're we're going to ha- we're going to lose
2: a bit more. Do you want the All Blacks to lose, Alice?
1: Do I want the All Blacks to lose? Mm. No, no.
2: Good, that's just a trick question. <laughs> just making sure
1: making sure i'm loyal to making sure you're loyal
2: we've had a good discussion about loyalty before didn't we Alice? before the podcast started you're doing the 48 hour film festival this weekend you may have to make a short movie in 48 hours yes and and what did you do with your team last year you just gassed them
1: look i've i've moved on to a a very good team that um see has won gassed
2: (laughs) well yeah she just said to her team you're no chance i'm going to go and i'm going to join the winning team that's what that's what alice has done so similar to what you're just, that's, just that's talking exactly about. What I'm just talking about. She's spreading. She's spreading. What well she's not actually spreading the talent. She's obviously got ability, but she just thinks she's with a team of duds. So mm-hmm. she's gone on to people who can yeah, win.
1: People who can use my talent in a better way.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. This is, this is loyalty. Alice doesn't want the All Blacks to lose. She doesn't want her old team to lose, but she just wants to win. She wants a better product. Yeah. And get better. Yeah. Sure. It's metaphorical. I'm using this as an allegorical reference yeah. to what we're talking about. Yeah, Can we move on to this week? Yeah. Because we're going to run out of time on the short ball today because, um, gee, we are jibber-jabbering. Uh, I want to talk about the Blues taking on the Hurricanes. Sonny Bill's back. Yep. Alice is not excited about that. I'm quite excited about that. It's, uh, Sonny Bill returns. TJ Pedernardo returns for the Hurricanes. Mm. Two big guns. Okay, Millsy. What is the more important inclusion? Is it Sonny Bill into the Blues? Is it TJ back for the Hurricanes? Oh, it's Sonny Bill mm. for me.
3: It's, it's definitely Sonny Bill. He'll bring that stability, uh, enthusiasm, and you know, and, and Sonny Bill's known to bring that X Factor. And so with TJ coming back, well, he's coming back into a team that's functioning very, very well. They've got a, a, a lot of uh, depth and they're playing some pretty, you know, some good brand of football and they've got a lot of X factors. so for me it has to be Sunny Bill coming back also nice to see that Offa
2: Tuanga Fass re-signed he has and back as well yep. uh, back this week Offa's signed through to 2021 mm. that's a big signing for New awesome. Zealand rugby and for the Blues so you're picking Sonny as the more important inclusion in this team I think they'll be happy to have him back Orby Ledger will enjoy having Sonny Bill Williams I think on his sixth and also Caleb Clark, who made his debut last yeah. week, looks really good. Rico moves back to the wing. Yep. Uh, a lot of people will be thrilled about that. Yep. Albed, he moves to the right wing, not the left. Um, and you've got Duffman at, at fullback. So that back line's starting to look a lot more balanced, mm. perhaps. Yep. Stephen Petolfetta, uh, you get another run. I mean, he is obviously now the Blues' number one guy mm. uh, with Teddy out for the season. Brent Gatlin can't buy a start and can't buy a bench spot either at the moment. Uh, and he's announced he's going to the Highlanders, but um, Stephen Petalfeta, what did you make of his game over the last couple of weeks, and and can he make a difference with his running game against the against the Hurricanes? Oh, I think he can make
3: a, a bit of a, a difference in terms of his running. What I've made of him is that I and I, you know, I spoke to you before this. I, I think he just needs another sort of you know. A season or so at the back to appreciate it a bit more. There's no doubt he's got talent. He can he, he can snipe a little wee gap. He's got nice footwork, but just appreciate the fact that you can sit at the back and sort of um, you know have, you know have confidence to have a go when you're in that ten position. You know you've all of a sudden your game has to change. But you've got to try and run better lines. You've got to set up your, your forwards. I mean, you're seeing at the moment with Damian McKenzie, uh, and, I, and I think you know that real X factors sort of you know start to. Um, we're starting to lose a little bit like that because he has to now appreciate what's around him, and it, there's there's so much pressure in that ten position. But he's gone well; he will make a difference. Um, but he's going to be put under a, a bit different, you know, a bit more pressure against this Hurricanes back.
2: I think, I mean, it's a big assignment for the Blues up against a team that's on an absolute tear at the moment. And I, I just don't know if the Blues' defence is going to handle what the Hurricanes yeah. do. You know, we, we were putting some clips together this week, Millsy, about just how they shorten up defensive lines on either side. They're so involved as a team in their attacking structure. Mm. And invariably they'll go side to side, but every time they do, it's seven on three or eight on four. Just their ability to bamboozle defensive lines and everyone then knowing their job, whether they're just dummy running, whether they're out the back, whether they're in the second line, it's an impressive situation. Oh, but not, not just knowing their roles, but also being able to, the awareness
3: to say, well, wait, do I need to take it an, a, a step further? Or do I need to just hang back a bit before I pass it or square someone up? And Batesy brought it up last, last week in, in uh, our, our show the team talk. Um, usually teams, you know, actually exhaust that far side, go past the 15 mm. meters, so then they can get back into shape. Well, this this Hurricanes team doesn't need that, you know. No. They they go, they don't even go to the fifteen, and um, well, well, past the fifteen, they come back, and all of a sudden they got
2: numbers, which yeah, is, well, is a really strange it. thing. I oh, know I don't understand how they do it. They just, it's just a natural inclination for them to be involved in the next phase of attack. And the Blues, uh, I know we've talked about, will be happy of that win over the Waratahs because it was gutsy, but I yeah. think they're just going to need a bit more guts um, and a bit more structure than guts probably against the Hurricanes. One Blue to talk about who certainly looked the goods last week was Dalton Papa Lee. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, uh, I saw this kid playing college rugby for St. Kent's, and uh, you could see that. It, yeah, if you put his mind to it, he's going to go places. I know that people are very interested in, in where he gets to, but you know, he, that was a grind out, make your tackles, cover ass performance from a, a young kid in the seven jersey. Yeah, and you and you
3: said it—a a real young kid that's sort of going out there and doing the real sort of grafting work, the hard stuff that you perhaps when you're in a struggling team that think, oh, I won't quite get to that and so I've been impressed as him as well and to be totally honest the first time I seen him was at the 10s and sort of what he can bring. He'll fill out a little bit and this is, I, I kind of mentioned it last week in, um, in the pod here that this is what the Blues need. They need a, well don't, Kind of forget about the season. They'll go out there and they'll play hard and for each other and things like that. But now, start working the likes of the offer the Offa a Fussies, who's 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 staying on board, and let's start building this culture, whatever culture they, yeah. they're going to bring up, and have them really back it for for the next year or build so. Build your spine, right? Build
2: it. Yeah. Let's the, say here's a five year deal. We're going to build our spine exactly. around this player, this player, this player. I think I think Tana sees that. Yeah. I think the Blues see it now as well. I mean, they're not going to give up trying for the rest of the year. But I I, I agree with you put these guys in there and say, we're going to back you. Yeah. We are going to back you as our long-term guy. Um, and instead of chopping and changing each week, uh, the Highlanders come home to face the Lions. The Lions will be without Malcolm Marks, who blew out wow. a hammy, uh, which is a real shame for the Lions. In fact, I pretty much single-handedly cost them the game, if you ask me. But um, I, this is a really crucial game for the Lions. They're top of the South African Conference. If they don't get points here, things get really squeezed up for them Mm -hmm. Uh, the Stormers are going to back themselves over the Chiefs in Cape Town if the Lions go down the Stormers win that becomes a really intense last four games in the South African Conference the Waratahs are up against it against the Crusaders and they're only a few points clear of the Rebs if the Rebs get up over the Brumbies then they suddenly put pressure on them and the Crusaders too top of the New Zealand Conference but they've got the Hurricanes breathing down their neck they've got a game in hand so every top team in every conference this week has a really big assignment to make sure you get if not four if not five points and certainly get your four. Yeah. So when you say that now,
3: Sumo, is that a success then? Like I, I looked at the, the the South African conference and I thought, okay, the Bulls are looking really strong. They go mm-hmm. then, they get dealt to by uh, the, the Stormers, um, the Sharks, and, and what they did. You know, also the the Australian conference. You know, so everyone within that that conference is no real sort of. Sort of an out and out sort of um, strong team. So are we saying that that, that Super Rugby is kind of a, a success? Well,
2: yeah, but it would be if you. But if you look at the combined conference, New Zealand's still got four teams in the and yeah, and all the that. wild card spots. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. It's it's not that there's no lack of competition within the conference. It's just whenever these teams get out of their conference, it still starts falling apart. Yeah, so they can't pick up yeah you know the, the sort of extra conference matches and that's what makes it all inflated from a New Zealand point mm. of view because it back the kiwi teams are going to go and get their points against the Australians against the South Africans yeah. but i agree with you i mean it's become more and more even i think across that that South African and uh and Australian conferences and it, and it will be the same again this weekend but you know you say that are you picking the waratahs to beat the crusaders no are you picking the lions to beat the highlanders oh no but Are you putting that, a button there? Well, they don't have to
3: travel. They would have gone to Queenstown. <laughs> well, Alice is not happy oh, well, not Oh, happy oh okay, she's not happy. Alice's no, not I happy. don't think they Well, they don't have to go. They don't have to go from... when well, they're not travelling from South Africa. They would have spent a couple of days in probably Queenstown and relaxed a little bit. The Highlanders have got to come all the way back. Yes, it's nice to get back to your family, but, you know, no, I don't see them. It'll be closer than what people think, though.
1: I'm fine with that. A win's a win. And Mills is our in-house oracle. He's proven that up until this point. So as long as he says it's a win, doesn't matter how many points by...
2: Okay. You're the in-house oracle, are you? I don't know how... Don't oh, we were getting mate. stung. We got burnt the other day. Have we been making some shitty tips on this podcast? Was that me? <laughs> I Have I been making shitty tips? I don't, I don't
3: know. I, I went out pretty... Pretty good the first few rounds, and I think that's what's what's uh, giving me the heads up, guys,
2: I... guys, come at me on Twitter the other day. I, it's probably too late to find it, but he's, he's really annoyed. He's calling this the the short ball curse. What? Apparently we're making sh- we're making dud calls all over. Who's
3: show. who's he supporting? I
2: don't know who he's supporting, but he's, he's really come at me. He's come at me hard. Oh, I don't I'm know glad if I'm not on Twitter. You or oh, if he's come he's at, probably he went... coming at me. No, I don't I don't know if he is. But uh, it was crazy. I didn't realize we were making that many dud calls. I thought we were getting it. I thought we were getting it right every every single week but um, obviously no, I can't find this bloke he was right into it too It's a cur- I don't like being a curse I don't mind being wrong a, hey. but a curse no way that's no good we're not a curse I've caught a few right I'm the oracle yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are full of shit <laughs> been a pleasure to be with you though mate likewise my friend mm-hmm Good luck with your weekend's uh, tips, everybody. They're probably better than our curse. And uh, good luck to the Highlanders, Alice. I'm sure they'll be all right. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, think, I, d- I thought the Lions were going to put the Hurricanes last week. I did actually probably say that. There oh, you go. Yeah, There's it was, your, there it is. That's where it comes that was, from. That was a dud call. Cool. Sorry about yeah, that. Really. it has been a short ball for another week. Don't forget to check out rugbypass.com for all your news, views, columns and video content and, of course, all the games live throughout Asia on the Rugby Pass platform. Latest